Welcome to The Process of Being Me, and I'm super excited to have the guest that we've got on today's show. He is somebody that I've looked up to for a long time, and he's somebody that has a lot of influence in the self-development uh, arena, and as well as that, he is one of the directors of the largest personal training coaching company or fitness business coaching company in Australia, and Jason Ivanovich is our guest today and he has been somebody that has been a coach to me when I had my fitness businesses and since then when you get to know Jason I'm sure as you listen to him throughout the program today um, you'll see why I connect with him so well his uh, I guess integrity and his level of authenticity when it comes to talking about you know self-development when it comes to talking about being a better version of yourself which is really what we're trying to get out of this entire series is something that for me makes him stand out as an incredible human being and somebody that I love to spend time with, talk to and connect with. So without further ado, uh, welcome Jason. Thanks very much mate and thanks for that uh, fantastic introduction. I might just leave now on that. Get out from the high note. I didn't even get into the good looks part yet. So no, you know. well, you can, I mean, that's a part of it. I was hoping you were going to do it for us. So. <laughs> All good there. Um, I think, Jason, if you can just start by giving our listeners a bit of a, a brief overview of, I guess, some of the, the fields you've been in and, and you know what some of your, your specialties are and, and expertise is. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've become fascinated with you know, why, we, why we don't do the things that are in our best interest and, more importantly, why, we, why I personally stay stuck and you know, I was unable to take myself towards my goals. I knew uh, a lot of times what I wanted. Uh, however, there was there just seemed like to be this invisible force field around me that just stopped me from taking the, the few steps that I know I needed. A couple of things in that, well, I realised that uh, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, and so I had to learn some of the, uh, I guess, the educational component or knowledge part of the things that I wanted to achieve, be it in business, better relationships, better health. Uh, and then I uh, then I just realised that uh, a lot of my beliefs and a, a lot of my upbringings and self-talk were were not aligned with my goals. So when I would write my goals down, how I felt about it emotionally in that uh, moment uh, did not match up. And so uh, what what I did was I started to embark upon a journey of learning more about and trying to understand myself better. Uh, that consisted of you know starting to read personal development books, leading, uh, listening to people like Anthony Robbins. Uh, things like that, but for me, the, the big turning point was uh, I, uh, I can't remember exactly how many years ago now. It's, it's, it's a long time ago, around about the age of 24, 25. I, I had uh, a series of events that were quite stressful. Uh, I was doing security at the time, and you know, a couple of incidents that happened, and some people got badly hurt. And you know, I didn't really have a know how to deal with you know those events that happened. There was court cases that dragged out for a number of years. And uh, I didn't really realize the impact of the stress that had. I especially didn't know how to deal with the stress of that. Uh, I guess it could almost be categorized as post-traumatic stress after it happened. So building and being a young man, uh, you know, I guess I had this uh, up, uh, this lesson that you don't get really taught, but it inadvertently gets taught that if you can't deal with your emotions or you're sad or you're upset, you're weak. And so there's a big part of me that, um, you know, just try to press and suppress those emotions and eventually I cracked. And so, you know, the healing is in the feeling or the expression of the emotion and I didn't know how to do either of those things. So I got to the point where uh, I had anxiety attacks, panic attacks, and it, it really um, had a big impact on my relationship 
um, it had a big impact on my business because I wasn't turning up for appointments. And I really just hit probably the lowest point in my life. I was definitely anxiety attack uh, ridden and, uh, and depressed at that stage. That led me on my journey to start seeing help. Uh, first admitting that I needed help, that was the biggest step for me as a young male. Uh, and understanding that wasn't weak, that was a sign of strength to be able to do that. Uh, and then I started seeing some counsellors, I started to see you know, some different people uh, to, to really just get some relief because you know, really I was just at rock bottom. I came across a workshop uh, called The Mental Toolbox, and I think the name's changed now. Um, and that's where I met my first mentor, uh, Paul Blackburn, and he opened my eyes up and opened up, I, um, I guess, my ability to see there, are, there is a way that you can progress life and remove some of these blockages and uh, learn to be more emotionally intelligent and get the results you want. And so I was fascinated by this, and, and that's over like 13 years ago now. And so I was able to uh, have the privilege of working with him for about four years and uh, extensively on the areas of uh, emotional intelligence and uh, removing blockages and self-image and beliefs. So it's a new age psychology, I guess, is what, it would, what you'd call it, Adam. And, uh, it, it revolves around you know understanding how to express emotions, deal with emotions, release emotions, how to uh, correct and, and redirect your limiting beliefs, your patterns. You know how to visualize and set goals effectively and efficiently, uh, and a whole bunch different range of topics that fall into the personal development arena. So I've, I've been obsessed by it, you know, for all those years. And then and then the big part for me was learning about myself, my own behaviors and predictable behaviors, which was using the personality profile system that those guys had created there um, and, and that, that was also quite good to realise that I, I wasn't really, I'm not really my personality, I'm, I'm much more than that and that uh, they just collected the behaviours and habits that I had designed as a kid to keep myself safe and so I realised that uh, when, when I used to say that's just my personality, just the way I am, I was really putting myself in a prison. So learning about that I, I realised that then that means I have a choice in changing those behaviours and that started me down the pathway of doing so. Uh, from yeah. there, I, you know, because I fell in love with it, I, I wanted to then learn how to be able to teach, present, learn the material and become a coach. And uh, that's what I've done for the last, I guess, 11, 12 years. Awesome. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's fascinating, isn't it, that a lot of people will have probably gone through similar situations in their life. They're, they might be suffering now from anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, but maybe they don't know where to look. Maybe they don't know how to even become aware of what's going on they're sort of just dealing and coping with it whereas what i love about your story is the fact that you know you, you did do something about it even if you weren't aware of what the end result of that something would be you know you started to look you started to investigate you started to try different things and now you've come almost the full you know 180 and you're even teaching a lot of the stuff that helped you get through that period in your life yeah absolutely it's correct and uh, you know pain will do that yeah <laughs> Uh, you know, I have the saying, uh, and it's, unless there's enough desire or enough dissatisfaction, people don't do anything. And so in this country, it's quite easy to cruise through, be comfortable. You, you're never really going to start death in this country unless you really want to, um, unless that's a rock gold of yours and you've just given up because we're abundantly wealthy, you know, even if you're on the dole in Australia and the top 10% money owners in the world. So, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really those two things. For me, I had enough dissatisfaction, uh, of course, and then I built on that and I wanted enough desire. Dissatisfaction is fine as long as it doesn't get too extreme where you're beating yourself up and uh, you know, making yourself wrong for, for where you're at. So that's what I was doing, but uh, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, I have to I learned that I'll use that dissatisfaction to get myself out and then have the desire to want to do so. Um, but you know, like you said, there's a lot of ways that you can just cope through life to some degree, but they're unhealthy. And uh, you know, I also bloomed up to 155 kilos, <laughs> um, the heaviest I've ever been. And uh, you know, I realised I was quite successful at reaching targets I didn't want to achieve. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is a great skill. Takes a fair bit of effort and energy, so I knew I had the desire and I had the determination. I was consistent to get a goal I didn't want. Yep. Um, but that's the way I dealt with it. So drugs and alcohol, not really my thing. I did experiment with it, but it wasn't really my way to deal with it. So obviously, I overate and I. Um, I suppressed all my emotions with uh, you know, that fashion. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. So, 100%. There's, there's shopaholic, there's chocoholic, there's, you know, um, there's foodaholic, there's alcoholic, you know, gamblers, all that stuff. So, you know, there's all ways in our life that we can, we can not address what's going on because um, we want the pain to go away. The only problem is with all those activities, there's, a, there's big consequences to them. So the gambler... Well, it can not only mean that they lose all their money, but broken relationships, family. Um, and of course, it's um, a very shaming activity as well. So there's all these, um, there's all these uh, other components to it. Yeah. Overeat, well, I guess the consequence of that is that, you know, the unhealthy, uh, you know, it's a good chance of getting a whole bunch of heart disease and everything else that we, we quite know, we, we know that's associated with weight. Um, you know, the, the drinking, sure. obviously drinking is the same thing. And, uh, you know, all these habits, they, they require more and more and more of them. So smoking, same thing, you know, starts off maybe at uh, one or two a day. And, and if you're not dealing with your anger or suppressed anger, which is what um, nicotine does, it suppresses anger, then, uh, you know, you're going to have to do more and more of it to control it. And like I said, all these things have negative consequences. So I was looking for how do we deal with it in a, in a really healthy and positive way. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, I know from my own personal experience and dealing with a lot of issues that I've had over the years and even getting to the point where, you know, I was being coached by you. And one of the things that I loved about your approach with the entire thing, you know, you were coaching me with my fitness business, but you definitely spent more time focusing on, you know, where was I coming from with certain things? What was going on inside me? to have the thoughts and feelings or to be either not taking action or to be taking other certain actions that either were or weren't uh, serving me. And one of the things that I would love to be able to do and share with everybody who's listening to this is, I guess, tap into that process a little bit where, you know, you really, well, one of the strengths that I find is that, you know, you really work out what the core blockages are, you had a specific system and process that you took me through to really, you know, deal with that at its core level. So, you know, I didn't, it wasn't about masking it and doing all the things that we just talked about, alcohol, you know, drugs, food, whatever it is. It was actually, you know, a system or a formula, you might call it, to, to deal with some of those blockages so that I could move forward and either let go of them or decide to take action regardless. So before I bug you about that formula, um, what are some of the most common blockages i guess that that you've seen you know and, and it might be in the health industry it might be in, in any industry that you know a lot of people who are listening to this might be faced with on a daily basis when you said that the first initial thing that i that i see a lot of is the, the fear of change so fear of change or fear of success so you know, in my, in my job at the moment, my business, we have people that want to be successful. They might want to leave their day job to go and create their own business. But it's the fear of change, the fear of will I be able to do it? Can I do it? Can I support my family? Um, 
do I have the right skill set? Am I smart enough? You know, all this self-talk. Yeah. Um, and so I'm talking about just changing from business. It could be if you're a change of like, I'm not happy in the relationship I'm in and uh, do I do something about that or do I just stay because it's what I know and um, the fear of then going and being on my own and do I have to then do all this stuff on myself um, is a big one. On the flip side, I've, I've seen fear of success. So if I do all this, does that mean I'm going to lose my friends? I'm going to be um, having to, you know, uh, keep up this hard work? Does it mean that um, I'm going to be uh, scrutinised or have a chance to be judged and criticised, uh, especially with the online side of things now? If I'm yeah. go, I, this, I want to promote myself. I actually want to help people. I've got a good message. I know I can do that. However, the thing that's stopping me is that if I put myself out there, uh, is that uh, am I now walking bullseye for people to you know target me and, and say that I'm crap and you know, you're no good and all the rest of it. So there's some of the, I guess, the two big main ones that I see. Um, and I just talked about, I guess, a business-related um, area. Uh, outside of that, you know, that covers the whole spectrum. You know, it changes, you know, like if it's, I want to get when I want to get into shape. It's you know, any arena, yeah. It's any of the arenas. So yeah. that's, that's the big thing. And what I look for, and the thing I say to people is, look, you know, the actions that you do, if you're honest with yourself, speak volumes. So... You know, if, you, if the person who doesn't want to set a goal or target um, doesn't have to commit or take any action or steps at all. So people talk about a lot about what they want to do. And I say, have you written that down? Have you got a goal in place? Have you done some steps? And they go, no. That's the first clue for me and for anyone who's listening. But if you haven't actually taken the time to sit down, write it down, see how you feel about that goal and you've done some steps, then it's just nice wishful thinking. You know, you don't actually have to commit to anything. So, you know, it's a bit like saying, I might wash the car later on today. Well, might means I've got an option to get out of that. Yep. It's rather you will or you won't uh, wash the car and you've got to commit. So I find myself doing that a lot. You know, I don't want to wash the car all this afternoon. And I have to correct myself and go, well, hang on, Jay, so you're going to do it or you're not? <laughs> yep. And so if we hear ourselves doing that, going, I might lose some weight, I might go to the gym, all those kind of those phrases, then you have to stop yourself and go, hang on, what, what's, what's popping up for me now? If I was actually going to do that, what would be my emotional response to do it? And just see what pops up, see what language pops up feeling. So my attention question, I'd say they're, they're, they're the main two that I, I see because it just covers such a big spectrum, the, the fear of change. For sure. For us, to, for us to go for what we really want, you know, and get out. People talk about, oh, I love getting my comfort zone. Oh, I hear a lot of people talking about it. I can see a lot of people doing it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think when you said the word steps, I think that's the missing link often, you know, like people might have watched The Secret and they were sitting in their car pretending to drive it in in, in the seat at home, you know, but if you don't actually do anything about it, you don't take any steps, you don't find out because this is one that I always like, you know, someone says, I want a certain car or I want a certain thing. I'm like, awesome, great. How much is it? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they haven't even gone to the point of finding out how much it is to then break it down to think, okay, cool, if it's 30 grand, maybe I've got to put away 500 bucks a month for X amount of months and it's mine. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think that's huge. And I think with everyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, the whole idea of the process of being me is how do you do things to become the best version of yourself or to create the best life for yourself and not settle for how things are, to not think about your dream, but to actually live it. So based on that, and let, let's use fear of change, I think, as, as an example. And if you can, I guess, explain the process that you obviously went through yourself and that you teach a lot of people now. And, and anyone listening to this call uh, who's, you know, having something in their life that they'd love to change or if they want to 
create something that they're not currently doing or whatever it might be, I think if you could take them through that process um, to try and help with that, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, cool. And um, there's a few things I have to say before doing this process. And one is that it'll, it'll seem easy and it should be. The, the, the part of us humans is that if we've carried around some kind of blockage or there's been some internal battle that we've fallen in love with and it means that because it's a battle, what I'm about to say seems easy, there can be a part of your brain that goes, bullshit, mate, there's no way it can be this simple. And that's the biggest problem. For people who are very much in their head and intellectual, this will, the, the biggest breakthrough will be just accepting and allowing this process to be true and allowing it to, to, for you to give it a go wholehearted and openly. If you do not, then that's your, that's, it's going to die right where we, where we stand now. So the first part is what I realised is that we can, I, I fell in love with all these internal battles. I made them bigger than what they were. And I hung on to them and I spent all this energy making it me and, and that's, that's how I identified myself. So the first step is, if you're listening to this, just allow yourself to be open to the process. Even if it's the first time you've ever done it like this, just allow yourself to go, well, the way I'm doing things is not working. Can I just allow this guy to run me through a process and can I also allow it just to be easy, that it doesn't have to be painful, it doesn't have to be hard, it doesn't have to be a battle anymore. Because the same amount of energy you put into holding on to this thing and building it up and making it this trophy and this hard and big, you can put the same amount of energy into simply letting go of the rope. So like you've got two people playing tug of war, it's only a battle and it's only hard, it's only strenuous if both people are willing to pick up the rope and go at it for as long as you can till you get tired. And that's what happens. Eventually you will get tired and then you will get ill or you will get sick or you'll you'll have a nervous breakdown or something like that. So it's I hope that demonstrates the picture in your mind is that all you need to do instead of hanging on tight and trying to go until you're exhausted is just simply let go. Let the other person that has an ever rope fall over. In this case, what you're allowing to do is the thing you're hanging on to, the fear, the block, the concern, whatever it is, just to let that go instead of hanging on to it tight. So that's the first part of it. Now, if you're sitting at home and uh, you know, you've got a pen handy, what I would recommend you do is pick up that pen Place it in your hand, your dominant hand. So if your right hand, do put it in your right hand, and you, you're going to squeeze that pen as hard as you can until I say stop. And what I want you to do is observe what happens in your body physically. So as you squeeze and squeeze that pen, just notice the sensations that's occurring. So maybe it's localized, just in your hands at the moment. Maybe you've got nails that dig into your skin. So I apologise about that, but bear with me. Just keep assisting with it. It'll be worth the breakthrough. So just keep squeezing in your hand and just notice what occurs. I'll just be quiet for a moment and let you just squeeze. And keep squeezing and squeeze, squeezing and squeeze, squeeze harder. And I'm not sure, are you doing this out of yourself? Yeah, I am. Cool, so maybe um, because we've got you along, what's happening at the moment for you? My forearm's getting massive. So your forearm's getting massive <laughs> and if we keep squeezing, we keep squeezing, You'll notice after a while so it'll it'll change. So if I have it in your hand, what's happening for your hand? Hand currently is still white knuckle, but yeah. yeah, I'm not feeling it in the hand as much as I was when I started. So it's gone numb. Yeah. So it's gone numb. So it started off as a little bit of pain. Yep. You can feel it now. That's that part of you going numb. You probably notice that sooner or later that the pain will radiate all the way up your arm, bicep up your shoulder and it can um, it can go to the other side of your neck. So if we keep squeezing, we haven't got much longer, but we keep squeezing further and further, eventually what we'll notice is that 
after a while the, the whole arm can go numb. And uh, sometimes it's interesting to ask yourself who's actually liking it. So I've done this many times and it's like some people go, oh, I really like this feeling now. And uh, what started to be painful actually can come out like I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, well, I even find just the focus of it takes you away from everything else, doesn't it? Yeah, the focus takes you away from everything else. And um, like I'm squeezing myself at the moment. And uh, what I've noticed is my arm's pretty much gone numb. Like, so it just feels like it's on auto. I can probably squeeze it for the rest of the day if I wanted to. It's, yeah. all, it's just locked on. Um, so in a moment, what I'm going to get everyone to do is I'm going to get everyone to uh, release when I say so. And what you need to do is take your awareness to your hand and uh, what I want you to identify with is to see what you experience. So the first thing that you experience um, when you just go to crack your hand open. So you just go to try to crack it open a little bit to start with and just try to open it. So we'll give it another 20 seconds. Let's squeeze as hard as we can. If you didn't have a pen, you could squeeze your other finger and your other hand. You could squeeze anything. Yeah, you could, you could pretty much just squeeze your fist if you wanted to, but the pen uh, definitely helps um, to do that. But yeah, you're right, you can do that. All right, so I'm going to count from 10 back down to zero. On that time, I just want you to crack your hand and just see what happens. So take your mind to your hand, your awareness, and see what you feel and experience. So 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and just open. And now try to open it some more. The pen's probably still stuck to your hand. <laughs> and now just try to open your hand or open your hand is uh, right up. And now just wiggle your fingers because they'll be nice and stiff and sore. So because I've got you doing it, Adam. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just uh, I guess, run through me what your experience. So, what was the first thing you felt when you when you went to open your hand? Uh, just stiff, like it didn't want to open, almost like it was locked in there. Yeah. And then, um, my hand was really red, so obviously I had a lot of blood flow to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just it, it felt like the pen was still in there in some ways. Yeah. So, normally the first thing that when you open it, it feels stiff, but you feel a bit more pain, like it was a bit, there's a bit of pain there that when you went to open it, so. Yeah, it wasn't numb like it was when I was squeezing it. Yeah, so it'd be like, ah, that initial like, oh, geez, you know, like to open it up. And what this demonstrates is that when we try to make a change in something, the first thing that we can experience is a bit more pain. So I'll just use smoking as an example, just because it's easy to demonstrate. So for the smoker who wants to go smoking, they're not going to feel immediate relief. They're, it's going to be a bit more pain they're going to go through. But pretty soon, if they can get through that first part, then that's level one done. The next thing that they, next thing they're going to experience is what you said. It was like it didn't want to, didn't want to open. Did you feel like your hand didn't want to open? Yeah, it was. Yeah, like it wanted to stay closed. Yeah, it wanted to stay closed. So that'll be the next thing that you experience when you're trying to make change. So it'll be like I don't want to let go. Then, as you are uh, going to open it the pen probably fell, fell out. And there was, once the pen falls out, it could be feeling like there's something missing now because something that you're holding on to so tight, that actually can almost like a cold breeze coming through there and that's like a vacuum, so something's missing. So the first 
three stages. There's first there was a bit of more pain, then there was no relief. So next is no relief. So I've given up smoking for three days, um, bit more pain at the start, because you know, it's bringing up all my suppressed emotion, not that they know that, but it's like taking all my willpower. So no relief, um, more, bit more pain doing that. Then there's no relief, so don't get any relief from it, the pen still stayed there. Uh, the smoke, okay, like I've been a week now, still no relief from this pain. Uh, then next, you, know, you open up a little bit more and the pen drops and now there's something missing. So if you look at those first three phases, someone who's trying to make change, they, they, they stop doing what they're doing and they do something different, they experience more pain, there is a, there is a chance they will go back because they don't know how to deal with the pain. So I know smoke's not the answer, but geez, it, it definitely made me feel better, even though I know it's not good for me. If they can get through that, just that initial bit of first pain that they're gonna experience, understanding that's a normal part of the process, that that is, can, can be normal. Maybe you don't, but if, if you do experience it normal, the next phase is no relief. So then there's gonna be a short period where you go, oh, no relief, let's look at the person who goes to the gym, not getting the results they want. Same kind of scenario. There's no change in the results. Is that, then they have a thinking, oh, this is a waste of time, and you know this is causing me not to be motivated. So then they go back to the way they were doing it. Why am I doing this for anyway? And then next part, so it was then they felt like there was something missing once you did get your hand open. And that part missing is how you know yourself. And so I call it the vacuum. Now, if there feels like something's missing from your life, there's a couple of options you can do. You can, you'll rather, like if you think about it, if you clean your cupboard out, does it stay empty or does it fill up with more stuff? Exactly. Yep. Well, it fills up with more stuff. The real question is, what do you fill it up with? The same old crap? Or do you fill it up with the stuff you want? Yeah. And that's, that's the first three steps. So you can see why at this stage, why people don't make it to getting a breakthrough because look what they're going to go through already and we're not even there yet. Yeah. So we're not even there yet. We'd have to go through more pain, no relief, and now I feel like something's missing. Yep. From my life. Now... <laughs> Anyone listen and go, yeah, I've experienced that at some level, it makes sense, and also I can go, ah, okay, now I understand why I reverted back maybe to something that wasn't in my best interest. Yep. Next, after the back, you know, we can get through all that, we can start going, right, what I need to do is start speaking other language, and not, 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 not speaking Italian, I need to speak a better, more positive language, I need to listen to the way I do myself talk, I need to educate myself, get myself around people who are successful in that area, and see how they talk, how they act, how they behave, what do I start reading? Do I need to start meditating in the morning? What do I need to do that's different and have an action plan around that to start filling itself up with what I want and not what I don't want? Then do that and then it can still feel, then the next stage is gonna feel stiff. So once you, I said then open your hand up the whole way, it definitely felt stiff. So there's that stiffness. So the, the person who's trying to learn how to communicate differently and not be so blunt or offend people regularly, it's going to take them a while to learn that skill set. So they're going to actually have to put some time and effort into learning that. And it's going to feel a little bit different. If someone who feels awkward at dinner parties or meeting new people, they start to want to get better in that area, then it's going to take a little while today and it feels more natural. So it's going to feel stiff. So once again, if in that stage they don't understand that that's a normal part of the process and just accept that, then they can go back to the old way because it can get too hard, too overwhelming, and then we're back doing it the way we do. We go, oh, like this is all too hard. I don't like this feeling of feeling stiff, and I don't like this feeling of that's bringing up. 
Next yeah. is feeling awkward. So stiff, and then it felt awkward when I said to them, wiggle your fingers around. What if our awkward like to go, hey, this hand's mine, but yeah, it feels like it's taking massive effort just to wiggle my fingers. So it would have felt really awkward when you were, you know, wiggling your fingers around versus your other hand. That felt natural. So is it no wonder why people struggle to get a breakthrough? Because look at all the stuff we have to go through. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think what you're saying as well, which makes total sense for me and I'm sure it will for everyone else listening as well, is that at this stage, you're still consciously having to do everything to get through these, at least the first three steps. Whereas subconsciously, you've already been hammering yourself or going on about the story or anything else that you've been telling yourself to, to end up where you currently are. So to change that is still all at a conscious level which requires a lot of work and it acquires a fair bit of awareness as well. Correct. Yeah. So 200 billion brain cells in your mind and uh, 10% of your conscious part of your brain, that's what you're talking about, the thinking part of willpower. Yeah. Versus 50 to 60% of your subconscious, we all we have is programming and everything. So first it is to, it's conscious effort and awareness. And uh, after this, we're going to look at how we do it and how we uh, you know, redesign the subconscious so yeah, you're right. You've got that whole scale. Knowing what, knowing this process now, you can start to identify each stage and go, ah, oh, okay, that's where Jason's talking about. I'm at the, um, I'm at the stage where I feel like I feel a bit empty or something missing. So I'm going to get the process soon how to deal with that. But at least consciously, like, you, like you're saying, you're aware of it. You go, okay, it's all part of the process. This is normal to feel this way. If we don't understand that it's normal to feel that way, then we, it makes it easier and we can accept it and go, right, just, I, I know that I'm going to get through this. And right yeah. after we get through the awkwardness is relief. So we can get ourselves through these stages, then on the other side of it is a breakthrough and a relief. The only thing is, as much people don't understand this, they don't like the pain, they don't like the way they feel about feeling different, and they revert back. Yeah. And mainly because they don't understand, they don't understand the emotional intelligence side of it, they don't know what's occurring, they just want the pain and discomfort to go away. Exactly. The end, so, yeah. so we get to relief, then we've got a breakthrough. Now, the process that I talk about being quite simple is a process called the blockage buster technique. And at any one of these stages, it's designed to help move you through to the next level. And I can run you through the process now. And the process, like I said, is quite simple. When we have a thought, it will create an emotion or feeling in our body or vice versa. We have an emotional response, it will create a, a The neuroscientists really can't tell you which one affects which, but we know that. Have a thought about something, it's going to create an emotional feeling in your body. Have a feeling and it can create and trigger off thinking patterns. So that's to one side. If um, I was working with a client who say, let's just make it easy, has a fear of heights, then I would run them through this process. And I used to do it live in front of hundreds of people. And within uh, under 15 minutes, I would have this person that was willing to get the breaks in this area, get over their fear of heights. Good thing about fear of heights is that we could take them somewhere high. Straight away. Yeah. Straight away <laughs> and test that we got the result. Now, if it's a fear of public speaking, we could also test that in front of the crowd. That's an easy one to do. If it's a fear of something that needs to get, we need to go away and I need to actually be in an experience of it that we can't manufacture in that moment, then it's a little bit more challenging to do that. Um, however, the fear of heights is I'd have the person there and the first process is to identify where the feeling is in your body. And so if the person's going, I've got a fear of heights, I go, okay, whereabouts is in my body? 
And so this is the process for you listening to this podcast and to be sitting down and you go, whereabouts is this feeling? So fear of whatever it is, whatever you're trying to, to move towards, you go, it's in my stomach. And I go, okay, I would ask the person, okay, it's in your stomach. How big is it? Like, you know, show me with your hands. Is it bowling ball size? Is it apple? What, what size is it? And they would demonstrate and they'd say, oh, it's a like size of a bowling ball. Is it so size of a bowling ball? What's the weight? Is it the weight of a bowling ball? Is it heavier than that? And then they would tell me, what, we, what I'm doing is I'm getting them to describe their emotions and their feelings so they can connect with it. And so they go, you know, and go, does it have a color? It doesn't have to, but it does have a color. And um, they, would, they would say yes or no, it does or doesn't, or it's black or whatever. And I go, okay, is there anything else we need to know about this thing? Does there anything else it wants to do? Does it move? Does it sit there? Does it want to stop you from speaking up? Or what, what, is, it, what is it trying to do? And really what we're doing is just getting people to um, stay detached from it. So most people get hijacked by their emotions and their fear. And this moment we're being detached from it, we're being the observer, and we're allowing ourselves to express what's going on um, for, with our emotions. And as we do that, it already starts to let go of the control it has over us, rather than it paralyzing us and locking us and shutting us down. So at that point, after I've got them to describe it, if you're doing it on yourself, you just need to observe and go, okay, this thing's that big, it's this color, it moves, it wants to do this. Just stay, you know, as the observer, asking the questions and looking into it. And then there's a series of three questions that we ask to then complete this exercise. And the first question is, if you had the opportunity to let go of this thing, would you? And so the person I'm asking would say yes or no. Preferably I'd say it's yes, they wouldn't be up there otherwise. I go, okay, the next question is, if you had the opportunity to let go of this thing, could you? So profoundly different questions. So would is like, yeah, I would. Next is, could you? Yeah. And that's them looking at going, could I really let go of this? Because it has been a part of me for so long, am I really let go of it? And I'd say nine times out of 10, the person is gonna say yes, yes, I Then my next question is, well, when? And it's the obvious question is, well, now. Yeah. Let's let go of it now. And I go, cool, are you sure? And they go, yeah. And so at that point then, we're saying, I'm saying to them, I want you to visualize in the way that seems appropriate for you, this thing leaving your body. And it's a symbolization of this thing leaving. And so for some people you go, close your eyes and your mind's eye, you might see this, if it's a bowling ball, you might visualize your mind's eye pulling this thing out of your stomach and you're at a cliff's edge and you're gonna throw it over the cliff and it's gonna land in the water and it's gonna go into the water to the part where you can't see it any longer. Somebody else might go, oh, I'm gonna pull it out, I'm gonna blow it up. So I'm gonna visualize blowing it up. It doesn't matter whatever it is for you. Maybe you, you're gonna turn it into smoke and you get a vacuum and you suck all the black air smoke out and that's gone. So you get the idea, that's, that's the process, let it go. Once they've done that, I say, once you've done that, let me know, let me know. I can tell by looking at their face and I can tell them, I can see normally by their face that they've had a relief because their face looks lighter and there's a lot of tension that's let go in that area and so I'd say how are you feeling now and I go go to that feeling and it'd be a range of different questions so they go I feel more at peace I feel more calm I feel more relaxed etc and then at that point I go what we need to do is welcome that new feeling and welcome it in a similar way that you just did the other exercise for letting go and it might be you might just want to feel that area of your stomach with a color so you might 
three, then clench your fist and fill that area with a gold color or a light color, whatever feels appropriate. Maybe you can see a bunch of flowers there that you planted and that represents you feeling at peace. Whatever it is, just fill that area now with that new feeling and welcome it. And that's what they do. If they're not quite there, if they go, I still feel a little bit anxious, like I feel better, but I still feel like there's a bit there, we need to check in on that and then we do the process again. Yeah. The whole process gets repeat until we're at where we need to be. And it's normally, we're, as humans, we're actually designed to be peaceful and have an inner peace, peacefulness. And so if we're not there yet, then that's what influences our decisions in life. So we're going to get the part where we feel um, peaceful. If it's um, to the point where you need a, you're doing it to, you want to become a public speaker, or you want to get up and better present, then no, maybe it's not only peacefulness you want to need, maybe you want confidence. So you get the peace and then you do the whole process again and they go to the peace and you want to then fill it with, so you get the point where you're feeling strong and capable and confident and you would keep going with that process until that's, you, you feel like it's an appropriate emotional feeling for you um, to be able to move forward with what you want to achieve. Awesome. But I think the biggest takeaway that I get listening to that again, because I've been through it with you a few times, both personally and listening to you present it. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize, and we've touched on this already, is that everything that you're doing to this point, you've been going through your own process, yeah? whether it's consciously or unconsciously, right? But having a process like this is just a way. Whether you believe in it yet or not, it doesn't matter. It's just a way, right? And to be open enough to that way to follow each of the steps in the process and just see what happens. Trust the process, go through it enough times, be open to it without judgment because if there's judgment coming up with you now, I know for the first time I went through it and I thought Jason was just this big weirdo at the front of the room. That's true though. Good-looking weirdo, but you know. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like stuff will come up for you. You know, judgments will come up. You know, oh, what's this guy doing? This is a load of crap, blah, 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 right? But just be open to it because at the end of the day, if you're not happy with where you are right now, you've got to change what's going on. And if part of that change is a new process, then go through it and go through each of the steps. And if you need to listen to this again and again and again, do it because just like Jason said to, oh, you know, just before was that, if you get to the point where you've gone through, you've let go of whatever you've needed to, you've attached a color, flowers, anything else. For me, I remember it was like a massive flamethrower that was coming out of my mouth the first time I did it. I wanted that stuff out and gone. And, you know, but it wasn't all gone. I had to come back and I had to revisit it and I had to go through it again until, you know what, next time I was faced with wanting to do that or wanting to feel a certain way, that I could check in with myself and see what came up around that, see whether there was anxiety, whether there was anger, emotion, or anything else. And, you know, being able to go, okay, there is still stuff here, rather than getting all emotional about it or anything else, I just went back to the process, and just worked my way through it again. Yeah, great point. It's, it's, it's spot on. That's exactly it in a nutshell. And, you know, spoken from someone who's done it, that's why it's, um, you know, the way you articulate it was like spot on. And you'd only do this process if you're really serious and committed about getting changed. If you're not ready or you don't want to be ready or you don't want to get changed, then of course you'll you'll find all the reasons, you'll criticise it, you'll say it's silly or whatever, and you just won't do it. Um, and so, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that's my way of saying that, uh, you know, this process works, it's, um, it's effective, it's efficient, works extremely quickly and uh, you know, like I said, you'd only not use it if you really didn't want to get a breakthrough in some areas of your life. It's a tool you use over and over again, I certainly do, and so when I make decisions, it's based on clarity and being clear and not driven by 
emotional based triggers. So if you're a very reactive person, then doing this process first, it'd be awesome for yourself to really identify what's driving my decision making in these areas. And uh, then you can make a decision based on what you actually need to do and not what you want to do. So it's a big difference doing what you need to do versus what you want. So we all have the stuff we want to do, want to fudge off, I want to avoid making a phone call, having a conversation or the rest of it. What I need to do is go and have that difficult conversation that I'm assuming is going to be a lot more difficult because it's, it's scary in my mind. However, I know I need to go and do it. Get myself to be calm enough in that process to do it. Of course, then you, you think better, you communicate better, all those things. If you've ever noticed that when you've had an argument or you've done something that, um, you know, a job interview or something and in that moment, you didn't present yourself well, you didn't say what you would normally say, it's because this whole process, the pressure's kicked in and it's, it's dulled your ability to be effective in that moment. Do this process where you can learn to be more at relaxed and peaceful and not driven by these triggers, then you get better, better results out of yourself. So it's a very important uh, process to learn yeah. and you know, to get a breakthrough to that process we talked about, to get through any habit change especially as you're going through all those stages, then this is the process you use to work through to then eventually get to the other side where you've developed a new habit program or belief. Yeah, for sure. And just commit to the process, even if you're not sure of the outcome. You know, like there's many times in your life without realizing it, you've gone and done something without knowing what the outcome will be, but you've done it anyway. You know, it's, it's exactly the same thing with creating change. And I don't know how you feel, Jason, but I know... When I look back at, at things I've gone through, often, and a lot of people I talk to, we carry around so much shit, you know, so mm. much emotional baggage, so much stuff that if you don't ever go through a process to actually let that stuff go, you know, I mean, go all the way through this process to you, you find that emotion, you, you give it a color, whatever it might be, and you let it go. Until you do that, you're never going to open yourself up to have enough room to fill it with the stuff you actually do want. Correct. Mm, yeah, I'd say to people, the only difference between me is I'm no guru. Um, the, the only difference between me and the people that I teach is they go, I've just, I've just had a lot more years of dumping baggage and so I can see clearly where people are at in their journey and what's going on for them because I've done enough of my own releasing and dumping of baggage. So like I said, I'm a lot clearer for the other stuff and I can also identify and see other people where they're at if they haven't done that, that process. So that's the only difference. And, it's just so light, you feel so light, you feel so much younger, you feel so much refreshed, you know, more energized when you do let go. Because it takes a lot of work to carry around the stuff, you know, that you were talking about before, and it takes a lot of work. And exactly. With this process, be patient with yourself. Don't feel like you need to get it straight away, you know. The real thing, again, it's part of the process. If you're someone who tries things and then you give up too quick, well, that's the big lesson for you to learn. That's a big habit for you to embrace because that will ultimately change a lot of areas in your life. So if you feel yourself going, ah, oh, that's that shit didn't work, or I didn't feel like it was right, that's your red flag to go, ah, oh, okay, that's just my learning and all this. The, probably the biggest breakthrough I need is just just to keep going with it, persisting with it, because there's that ingrained habit for you like that that's that's the way you protect yourself to not really go through and get the end result. So be patient with yourself. Understand that the first time you're doing it, persist with it, persist with it. You'll fall in love with it, and you'll wonder how you ever got life through life without it, and it'll become your go-to thing. Believe me. Yeah. I'm a simple guy. I didn't, you know, I'm a simple guy. I think life should be simple. Process should be simple. People that want to over-educate things and make things over-complex, you know, live in their head too much. I, I believe everything is just a simple process. We just make them big and more complex and dress them up and all the rest of it. So 
you know, if we can spend all this energy holding on to things, it's a simple, simple way to let go of it as well. So that's my philosophy on, on this stuff. You don't need to know the ins and outs of the neurons, how the brain works, all the rest of it. You just need to know the process and, you know, I don't need to know how light works. I just need to know I need to turn the switch on and that gets the light. Thanks. I let the guys who design the lights and how it all works, I don't care about knowing that. I just want to know, can I get the result? And this thing definitely gets you the result. Exactly right. And I think that's your best indicator, isn't it? If you're currently not getting the results that you want, try a new process, see what the results are. And at the end of the day, if you're not happy with the results, just like Jason explained, don't hammer yourself over it because, again, that's not going to serve you. Just go through the process again until you get the result that you want. Because at the end of the day, I guarantee if you ask yourself and you ask a lot of other people you know, you don't want to be carrying around a lot of the baggage. You don't want to be dealing with anxiety. No one who is dealing with anxiety, and I have a couple of close friends who deal with anxiety, wants to be dealing with anxiety. So, you know, why not be open to a process that can help you at least alleviate that in the short term and hopefully, you know, take you in a different direction longer term? I agree more. Well, mate, that's, um, that's pretty much, that's it. That's the process. That's it. And Beautiful. Myself, and I uh, hope that's been a value to you and, your, and to your listeners. Well, I know it will be for sure. I know from going through the process itself how valuable it is. Um, I want to thank you again, Jason, for, for giving up your time and your expertise. And now that I've got you live on the call, I'm actually going to, I'm going to corner you a little bit here. And I'm going to ask you to come back and do another episode with us on people's belief systems, on, on what's going on at a core level. So I'm going to ask you now if you'd be open for that. You got me, mate. I'll, I'll be, I'd love to come back. I'm, I'm there. Awesome. If, I can, um, if I can share this and help more people, you know, as I had it, um, had the fortune, I was fortunate enough to have people share it with me, then mate, my pleasure. I'd love to come back. Beautiful. I appreciate that, buddy. And um, thanks again for your time, Jason. I know everyone else will get a lot of value out of going through that. So, awesome. Cheers, my mate. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye.